Hi, I'm Guy Powell, and welcome to the next episode of The Backstory on Marketing. If you haven't already done so, please visit ProRelevant.com and sign up for more of these episodes and podcasts. I am the author of my just-released book, The Post-COVID Marketing Machine, Prepare Your Team to Win. You can find out more information on this at MarketingMachine.ProRelevant.com. Today, we'll be speaking with Atiba D'Souza. Welcome, Atiba. Hey, Guy. Thank you so much for, for being here. And man, what a great title for a book. <laughs> Thank Absolutely you. Absolutely genius. Well, you know, it's funny. When, when we were doing it, uh, we, we did some social media and we did a handful of polls on it. And, uh, you know, during when, and this was in the middle of COVID. And so everybody really, really liked it. Now that we're kind of post COVID truly, then it's kind of like, well, you know, I don't know, but I, I think it's good. I think it'll, uh, I think it'll do well. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that. Nice. So, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your backstory on getting into marketing? Well, my backstory goes way beyond COVID. So <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> right. Um, but I actually started off in 1996 building my very own search engine. Me and two friends sat in my mother's basement, which Believe it or not, y'all, my mother's moving out of that house right now as we speak, <laughs> as we record this. And um, and we sat in that basement and we wrote a search engine because it was a cool thing to do and we thought we needed it. And that started me in search okay, way back in 1996. Then I went over to the government and did search for the government and then got tired of government. Kind of tough working with the government. And then went back into the private sector. And at that time, which was right around 2005, 2006 timeframe, I was looking at Google and the search results it was providing and what people were saying about those results. And I realized Google had a problem. And at that time, Google was also realizing it was having a problem, right? It was returning search results that people weren't happy with. And there were people, business owners, who had really great content, even back then, who could not get their content in front of their right customer. And being an old geek who wrote search <laughs> engines, I was like, well, I know how it works. And I think we can figure out how to get your content to the top of page one of Google. I think we can do that. And that started me in at least search marketing. Right, right. Yeah, fantastic. You know, that, and that is so true. Uh, Google, I mean, you know, it, it, who who knew back then how important a search engine is? And now with our clients, uh, paid search and organic search are just about everything to their businesses. And Absolutely. if you're not successful in those, uh, then you're not, you're not, your business is, is missing out. It's missing yeah. out on, 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 on opportunity. So, uh, so tell us about your business, uh, client attraction pros. Tell us about yeah. that. So, uh, as you said, organic, right? And search. And so that's where we started, um, right around that time, 2006 and, and really got going 2007, 2008 and saw the market and what we can do. So we did a lot of trials in those first couple of years. And then about 2008 is when we really got started and it was all about written content blogs. That's what we had back then. Okay. Um, that's what everybody had. And that's what people still have. And we were helping our clients produce fantastic written content, whether it was just their copy on their website or more often or not blog posts and blog content. Um, and we did that really up until 2018, 2019 and about 2018 and really decided 2019, I was tired. I was tired. Um, we went on vacation in at the end of 2019, my wife and I, and she said she wanted to get her business really going. I said, great, because I'm getting tired of written content and I've been doing this a long time. Maybe it's time for a change. And at that time as well, in I had written really a spec in 2018 about video and that video was the future, right? It was becoming harder and harder and harder to write rank for written content and video content was really starting to pick up steam. And as I was saying to her, I, I just, I think I'm done. 
then, well, we all know what happened after 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yep. Um, And when COVID hit in early 2020, I said, well, maybe this is good timing then. Because a lot of my clients started saying, hold on, we're not sure what we want to do. We're not sure if we want to keep spending money. We're going to pump our brakes a bit. And so I started thinking, this might be a good time. But then something else happened on the other side. Bunches and bunches of people who I'd said for literally a decade, you need a web presence and you need SEO started showing up and knocking on the door saying, hey, we need help. We need to get online. Or we're online, but our online sucks. Can you help? Can you help? Can we help? (laughs) And it forced me into this juxtaposition of, okay, how can I really help you? What, what, What is it that I can really do here for you? Because the other thing that COVID did, for any of you who don't know listening, is it made a bunch of people who, and I'm not saying this to, to be disparaging to them, but who took a course and then started a Facebook account, ad account, and ran ads and said, I know everything about SEO. I know everything about paid search because I took a course, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, and, and you know this guy. And, and so people were just inundated, but they didn't know who to trust. And it became even harder to rank on page one because there was even more content being created that sucked. And so I said, okay, what are we going to do with this and how are we going to help? And it was about that time I met um, somebody who's a really close friend of mine now, Uzair from the UK. And he was like, man, I'm, I've been doing this uh, YouTube thing and I've been doing that since like, 2016 and here's my results now. And it reminded me of that spec that I'd written way back in 2018. Okay. Um, and I pulled it up and I said, hold on. This is actually really close to what he's doing. And he was having some issues with just the written SEO. And so we started collaborating on some stuff and his stuff has skyrocketed. You should go check him out. SF Digital. Um, absolutely wonderful, um, in this space. And what I learned there though was that there was a way that we could help people create videos using the same concept of spec in terms of content that we use with written content, create videos, and then get those videos ranked on page one of Google. Give me, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. Give me a quick, quick example of this. And, and I'm not, I'm, listen, listen to me, y'all. I'm not saying that these results are typical and always, but this just happened last week. We have a, a, a client. He's been struggling for several years to get anything he's done ranked on page one of Google. Two weeks. In two weeks, we were able to help get 14 out of 18 videos ranked on page one and eight of them in spot number one. Hmm. Yeah, that's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. So, and you're talking about page one of YouTube as opposed to oh, page one of Google. No, I'm talking about page one of Google. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Page one of Google. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. So uh, I do want to talk to you a little bit more about that. But uh, one of the things on your LinkedIn page, I saw a couple of really good videos on there. And, oh, uh, you. you know, and I really liked what you did in terms of, uh, you know, your customer value journey mm-hmm. and uh, the key. And I think you called it the key to good content. Tell mm-hmm. us about that, and then we'll get into some of the YouTube stuff because I was—I yeah. uh, thought that was pretty impressive. No, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, and so this is what we figured out back in 2005 to 2008, and we've used to help written content rank, and we then took it to video content. And that is the problem that Google has and the problem that Google is trying to solve is it wants to – answer people's questions. Google has been spent really the last 20 years trying to figure out how do I take what you type in, figure out exactly what you mean, exactly what your question is, and then give you an answer that exactly fits your question. In 2017, they came as close as they've ever come, and they keep getting closer and closer and closer every 
single year. The challenge that they've had, though, is even though they're getting better at figuring out what we call user intent or searcher's intent behind what they typed in, the results aren't getting any better. So what we do is very simple. We figure out what real questions, sorry, what what questions real people are asking, said that backwards, Mm. what questions real people are asking. What are people really asking Google? And then how does Google interpret the intent? And then does that intent match who you are as a business owner and what your business is all about? If it does, let's create video content for that. And so we map that to the customer value journey in that it's important to understand before you buy anything, there's a journey that you go through with that brand. There's mm. a journey. There's a process that you go through. Sometimes the process is really short. Look, I need toothpaste. Okay, I'm going to go to the store buy a toothpaste. What was my journey with that? Well, my journey was I went to the store. It was on sale. I buy what's on sale. That was the journey. Lowest price one. Journey. Mm-hmm. Right? My journey could have been, I saw my mom using this toothpaste. There's always a journey in everything that you pursue. Buy a car. There's a journey that you go through. The businesses that can master that journey, can understand that journey, and then create content to help the, the, the buyer along that journey is going to win mm. every single time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing too in my book, uh, post COVID marketing machine and actually the last two or three books, um, one of the things that I talk about is, uh, you have to understand how a consumer makes a purchase decision. And you've yes. now it widened that out even further, which I really think is, which I really like is how that consumer then takes that journey to go from, you know, I want to buy a couch or whatever it is or a car or whatever it is. And then how do they follow that journey all the way then to the final purchase? And I like what you're saying is that the content that you put out has to feed into the different steps along that journey. That makes a lot of yes. sense. Yes. And uh, I'm, we did start doing that 2005, 2008. Then Google, and this is when we really knew we were onto something. Google came out and then said, it's the way to go in 2011. Okay. So in marketing, in the history of marketing, we go all the way back to the 60s. There was this concept of moment of truth marketing, right? Mm -hmm. And the moment of truth marketing was, hey, there are these moments that you've got to master with yada, yada, yada in order to make the sale, right? And in 2011, Google published a spec, and it's still out there. You can go Google this, zero moment of truth marketing. And Mm -hmm. Google said, hey, I think people need to start to realize that there are moments of truth that happen before the customer ever calls you. And that's true because they can come to us and search. Right. And if they come to us and search, then the answers that they find create moments of truth. I'm going to back that up too with a study that was done in a, and Forgive me, y'all, because I forget. It was either Princeton or Yale that did this study. And I forget which one it was, but it was one of the Ivies. And here was the study. It was absolutely astounding. It said that people are more than 90% likely to blindly follow the first person that taught them something about a topic. Hmm. Just think about that. That is very true. That is very true. That is, and I, I know I'm guilty of that as well. Uh, absolutely. We all are. Yeah. 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 So that's then kind of like the, the value of influencers. If you, if an influencer in whatever fashion then really comes out and has something that you can learn from. And if you as your brand or that influencer in teaching, then that makes a huge difference. Yes. Yes. And so being. Yeah that brand and the one that teaches about 
your topic is even more important yeah. than the post-COVID marketing machine. <laughs> to your point about the uh, the customer journey and the customer value journey, which I like, is uh, is how do you influence those uh, those zero moments of truth to points that you may not even be aware of, yes. because I especially for yes. uh, for what I call high consideration products, typically products that are uh, you know that that are more expensive or have a big impact on your on yourself or on your business. You're going to be trying to learn about them way, way, way before you actually start to seriously consider your purchase. Yes. And uh, and I know I'm definitely guilty of that. Uh, you know, I'll start thinking about something today, and and then maybe a, you know a month or two from now I'll finally you know pull the trigger and say, okay, I'm now gonna I'm now gonna really seriously do something and buy it within the next couple of hours. Yes. And if I'm a brand and I am not a involved in that in that activity now very early on then i'm uh, i'm not even going to be part of the journey throughout the whole thing you lose out and so this is the 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 key so so guys guys that's a great question okay um it's an absolutely great question and that's what we do for our clients is we help them figure that out right so yes everybody sees the videos and everybody wants to talk about yes but the, the the real crux of it all is we've got to figure out what those questions are. And in figuring out what those questions are, the thing that you have to consider is every solution creates a new problem. Every solution creates a new problem. So when you went from living in an apartment to buying your first house, you solved the problem. You no longer have to pay rent. Okay, now you have a mortgage, but you no longer have to pay rent. Well, what's the problem that, that it also created? Well, now you also have to pay for trash. Now you also have to, to get the lawn cut, right? So if you're a lawn care company, you know there are people who are going to have a problem after they buy a house. So who do I need to communicate with? So that's one thing, is understanding where you fit in the life of your customer. And asking, what was the problem that they had right before mine? Something caused them to have the problem that I solve. What was that? Let's go figure that out. Because if we can educate to the end of that process or even through some of that process, then, again, going back to that study, we're the ones who educated them. When they, mm-hmm. have, a, ha, when they have a need later, They'll blindly trust me. Here's a case case study for this. I have a client that's a caterer, okay, um, and they primarily do weddings, large weddings. Uh, most of their weddings are minimum twenty thousand. So you're talking twenty to sixty thousand dollars just for the food service, not for the whole event, mm. right? Large weddings, okay, and obviously that's a very tailored type of couple. It's not every couple. And they were in a place where every couple was coming to them and they were wasting a lot of time talking to a lot of couples who had no business ever using their service, right? So, okay, what's the problem that they have right before they get to you? Well, they've got to choose a venue before they get to me. So we created content for them around educating about the venues that they work at. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Makes total sense. And, uh, you know, to your point, uh, you know, you would call those life stages or life moments. Uh, we work with a furniture company and, and exactly to your, you know, your example, when somebody's going to change from living in an apartment to, uh, you know, to moving into a home, just like you said, they need the lawn cut. They need, you know, to sign up for electricity and gas and whatever, yep. but they also need new furniture. Absolutely. I mean, typically the house, when you move from an apartment to a house, it's going to be bigger. You need more furniture. And, uh, and if you're in that early process, that is, uh, exactly where to, where, where you as a brand want to be. And then I do like your, your, your story about that Ivy research. Uh, well, you will have to give me the link on that because that's, yeah, well, uh, we'll post that with that because that I really like what that means, uh, in terms of being the first. It's not, you know, it's always interesting, the fear of missing out. Well, this is the, 
you know, the opportunity to, to, to miss in, you know, do you want to be in there right there? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know, it's so very important, right? Yeah. That's, that's the, so, so if you're listening that those are the things you have to, to, to really consider now to your next side of, of the question is, okay, so I've, I've figured out where they were before they got to me and maybe I've educated or maybe I've talked to them, but now how do I, it's still like, I just bought a remarkable, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um, but I have been looking at a remarkable for a year and a half. So how do you communicate with somebody for a year and a half? Mm. What, what's going on there for a year and a half, right? So one, that's a lot of what we do with the data analytics and the research that we, we do to figure out the questions that they're asking along that year and a half journey that you need to answer to keep them in your value journey until they're ready to actually make a purchase. But then here's the second thing that so many people miss. It's voice of customer research. Ask your current customers. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't learn more than, I mean, they are the fount of of all information. And if you're not doing that, uh, you are so right. You are so right. Yes. Yes. So you, you gotta ask your current customers, have those surveys. And so many people are afraid to have those types of surveys. And I know, I'll admit, I've been in business a long time. I've owned multiple types of businesses and I've been there too. And every single time that I've done it, I've been so very thankful that I did. Well, let me, let me tell you a, a short story uh, as well. Even on my uh, post COVID marketing machine, mm-hmm. I had the concept uh, more or less down and, uh, and, and, it, you know, you wanted to refine it. Well, Instead of just going off and writing and researching online, I went off and did 25 customer interviews. Brilliant. And get their case studies and then write up those case studies and understand how each one of those fits into how you build a marketing machine. And, and I, I don't know about you. When I was younger, you know, I was afraid to talk to customers. Oh my God, they're going to give me some negative feedback or something like that. And now I want that negative feedback because I need to learn, you know, what I'm doing wrong. And then, and then to your point is how do you learn what their, what their customer journey was, their customer value journey was six months or 12 months before they made that decision to, uh, you know, to start the search. And, uh, and that great point. I really, really like yes. that. And so let me, since, since you went there, let me give, give for everyone listening the advanced point. Cause this is the other thing that we do. Okay. Um, we had a customer, whoever the customer was, whatever we delivered for them and it was successful. And even if it wasn't successful, really, but we're done. Engagement is done. I then have a staff member go back through all communication and audit all communication and look for what questions did they ask along the way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We take all of those and then we create content from those. Sometimes that content content becomes like, let's be real, especially if you're selling high value, high ticket stuff, your sales cycles are longer. You may send a proposal and you may not hear from somebody for three months. That's real. Right. And so what do you communicate with them in that time frame? The answers to all the questions, all your other customers have already asked, because guess what? They got them the same questions, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I like that. And and you're so right. Uh, and and uh, uh, when we do a proposal or we are presenting our proposal or whatever, we very carefully, just like you're talking about, write down exactly what those questions are mm-hmm. and and actually use those words in the next round or in the next meeting. So when they say, you know, something like, hey, I want to build a I want to, you know, improve my overall marketing effectiveness and we want to do it with word ABC. We absolutely make sure that word ABC, ABC. is in the next conversation that we use. Yes. And so important. That is so yes. important. Yes. Yes. Um, and so the study was Milgram's, uh, it's called the Milgram experiment. 
uh, while you were talking, I was looking it up. Okay. I knew where I had it in in, in my notes because it used to, so funny story y'all. It used to be on our old website, mm-hmm. and when we we redid it, we we actually took it off because people were mm. reading. It. But um, you know, we found it interesting. Most people didn't. So okay. <laughs> again, yeah. it's about what your customers want. What let me let me touch that point. When we're talking about the value journey, so many of us get stuck in talking about what we want versus what they want. Yep. I'm yep, guilty yep. of it. I'm, I'm telling Absolutely. you. Okay? Absolutely. And this Milgram's experiment was one of those things. We love it, but nobody ever read it. Mm. <laughs> so we took it off. Yep. Yep. Well, and it's so, uh, and it makes so much sense, but you are so right though, quite often. And I think, uh, you know, it, it's, it's often, you know, founders bias or entrepreneurs bias. It's, uh, you know, we do as, as a, we, and I'm guilty of it. You try not to, but you put those blinders on and you say, you know, I, I heard what you say, but I heard, you know, I think you mean this. And in reality, no, no, no. They said this for a reason. And that reason is then what's going to get you to the next level in whatever it is you're trying to do with your clients. Yeah. So let me share this with you. And, and this is a friend of mine, uh, Christina Hooper. Um, Brilliant marketer as well, by the way, um, just taught me recently this framework for that to help us as entrepreneurs. You ready for this? Get this. Give them what they want, give them what they need, and then give them what they want again. <laughs> right? And so, mm-hmm. and, and, and so she framed it. I was like, okay, yes, that's what they wanted. And so we're going to give them what they want. We're going to give them, and, and she does this in, in a, presentation framework so she's telling you how to present she's teaching you how to present right so they came to your presentation to learn this big thing because they want to slay this big dragon whatever it is right so you give them that up front but you and i both know that in order to get there you got to go through blah 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 to get there right they don't care about that but they absolutely need to know it and mm-hmm. most of us as business owners, we say, oh, I know you want to do that, but first you got to go through and we lose them. <laughs> yes. Because they don't want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so she said, so instead, do the presentation in a way where you give them exactly what they ask for. Give them all the bells and whistles. Take them to the end and give them the victory. And then say, okay, that's the victory. Now, let me tell you the story of how we got to the victory. Blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you say, and when you do all of this, then the next thing is, here comes the big moment where you're going to get the victory. And yeah. And on the victory. Yeah. No, that is, uh, that is so true. And, uh, and, um, and I think, I, I think you, you know, you have to sell exactly what they want. Because uh, that is what they're wanting to buy. Now, of course, there's other, just like you said, there's other obstacles or costs or steps or whatever yeah. it is that has yeah. to be done. But if you if you really say this is what you want, you know, if they tell you this is what you want and you're answering what they want, then yeah. um, how you get there is is totally secondary. They just yeah. want to, they they know what they want, and you just have to answer that. I I really like that. Uh, very good. Uh, a uh, very good analogy with uh, t- what was it? Tell them what you want. Tell them what you need, and then tell them what yeah. you want again. So give them what they want. Tell give. them what they need, and give them what they want again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. So, um, uh, so we talked about the uh, customer value journey. You also had uh, a notion in your in your um, in your LinkedIn uh, videos. You had something called a customer avatar. What did you mean yes. by that? Okay. So this is the next piece. So we've talked about these questions and the next question, the next logical question that you should be asking me, right? Because we said, okay, find out where they were before, but then um, ask your current customers. But the next logical question you should be asking me is, okay, but who are my actual customers? when, When you say, think about where they were before, how do I know exactly where they were before? Because is it anybody buying a house? Going back to the furniture example. Right? Is it anybody buying a house or is it anybody, going back to the, the catering example, anybody who's l- looking at a venue? No, it's not because if they're in a rinky-dink venue that was $10, they're not affording your $20,000 wedding. If they're buying a house that's only 200 square feet bigger than their apartment, then 
they're probably not what you're looking for either, right? And so the avatar gives you the ability to do the first thing. And there, there are three keys to traffic. Let's and then go there, there for a moment. But there are three keys to traffic. If you really want to generate organic traffic, there are three keys. And the first key is being completely and utterly obsessed with your audience. One of the ways to get there is by building a customer avatar. The avatar is a real person in so much that it's on paper. But you need to think about it as a real person. We talk to our avatar. We name our avatar. When we have meetings, we talk about the avatar as a real person. Well, how would Maxine respond to this when we do it? The avatar grows as you interview your customers and you learn more, you build more of your avatar. The avatar is your ideal, perfect customer. They're not every customer. They're the customer that you want to wake up and serve every single day. Because be real with me. You know there's some customers you'd rather stay in bed than to serve. Let's be real. <laughs> right? But this avatar is the one who's going to make you jump up and say, I'm ready to serve you today because I love working with you. But the only way you're going to get to know that avatar is you got to be obsessed. You have to create them as a person. Give them a personality. Learn about them. Where did they go to school? What type of work do they do? How much money do they have? What do they need to, what do they do on a Friday night? When you know you have your avatar correct is when you're having conversations with your clients and you keep getting the feedback. I feel like you're in my head. <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> yes, you're speaking my life. Yes. Those are the moments when you start to realize, yes, I'm dialing into who my avatar is. I know you. What motivates you? What are you afraid of? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? What makes them get up out of bed? And then finally, finally, as it relates to your product and service, there's a before state that they exist in right now that they don't want to be in. And there's an after state after they've experienced you and your brand. You need to clearly define the before state and clearly define the after state that my friend is your avatar. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I like that. Uh, I, we call that a gap analysis. Basically it's mm -hmm. uh, where they are today, where they want to be. And then the second piece of that is, well, how much is that worth? Mm -hmm. And you know, how much are they willing to invest to get from where yeah. they are today and the pain that they're suffering today to the promised land, which is, uh, you know, on the other side of that gap. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes uh, so much sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, so here we are. We're in 2019. We're run, rolling along real well. And then uh, big whoops, pandemic hits. And uh, so what happened? How did that affect what, what you're doing? How did that affect what your clients and customers are doing uh, so that you now uh, were able to respond and be able to really uh, help them to take advantage of? Uh, right. In some ways, the uh, the the disaster called COVID. Right. So is it, for me, at first, it was almost a blessing in disguise because I was thinking maybe it was time to leave the industry and go a different route. Maybe it was time my wife wanted to build her business. Like, you know, maybe I'll just take a back seat and kind of do her marketing and be done with it, right? Uh, and that's kind of where I was. And then COVID hit hadn't quite made the transition or the, the, the decision to transition yet. And then clients started freaking out. Right. We had a couple who didn't, who buckled down and said, okay, this is a great opportunity. Let's figure out how we can get better. But most, most of them started freaking out and saying, well, we don't know if we want to spend and we don't know. And, and then the team started to scatter. Okay. Um, because writers who, all of our writers were freelance. We're just losing their minds. 
because all of their clients were starting to scatter. And so it became harder. And really about July of 2020, my top writers were all gone. Mm. You know, the ones who were rock solid, I'm like, yeah, been with me for a long time. Awesome. They are, they all had to make lifestyle changes given what was going on and where life was going. Right. Um, especially since most of my writers were stay at home moms. And mm. now they have, um, spouses whose income is being jeopardized because of COVID. They're like, I got to do something different. I got to, yes. Um, and that's again, around the time when I started, when I I'd already met music, I met music in like March or so. Um, and started thinking again about this whole video thing and saying, well, maybe video. And we started doing some research um, and started trying some things out and, and started seeing some things that were working and started realizing that what we've been doing, we could translate over to video very, very well, which is answering specific questions, helping customers answer specific questions. And the question was, could we get our current client base to come over with us? Short answer, no. Hmm. Um, by and large, the answer was no. Uh, one, some, for someone who was too early still in COVID, um, for others, you know, we were a lot of times dealing with, with people who are extremely busy and said they didn't have enough time to even help us with the written content. And so it, it felt like, especially in early days, it felt like it was going to be too much work for them. Um, which again, folks, listening to customers. And so one of the things that we saw for is, yeah, we create quality content for you. And I only need you two hours a month. I actually need my clients less time now than I did when we were doing written content. To do video content, we need less from you because mm -hmm. we heard when we had that exodus of clients who were like, it's too much, it's too much, it's too much. We're like, okay, we're going to do this thing. We got to figure out that it's too much and it's too hard and it's going to take too long problem, which we did, mm. which we absolutely did. It's easy. It's fun. And it's painless now. And people actually tell us how much they enjoy it. Right. Which is absolutely amazing because who the heck likes to be on camera? Not <laughs> most of us. Well, I always say I have a uh, a face for radio, so. Uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, interesting, though, that what you said is uh, interesting. That the the so the writing component actually went down when you when you shifted over to media. Yeah, and so what ended up happening for us there too was by 2021, we had made the commitment that we were going video and, and at the time we were even coining the term we were going to be a video first content marketing agency mm. like we're going mm. video first right not that we don't do written content but our written content is based on video okay that was for a shot um and so i had to make the very very hard choice in 2021 to say to the rest of the clients who were still paying, by the way, <laughs> right? Who were still around. They said they weren't going to come, but they still, you know, we still had some really big clients, um, paying north of six figures to say, Hey, I know last year I said either we're going to go video or not. And a lot of smaller guys went and we kept y'all because y'all were big because <laughs> we weren't dumb, but now I'm going to be dumb. Mm. I'm going to the same. Either you come to video or the relationship ends. And we lost clients. Mm. Well, we that's a hard, that is a hard thing to do for us, for a small business or for any business. Well, think of it this way. Like I said, we lost six figure clients and dropped our income down to under 10 grand a month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. <laughs> it was tough but it was the right thing to do um, is what we needed to do 
um, mm. had to do. Otherwise, we would have always still been on that other side, and we would have never made the right the, the full switch over the right. full commitment, right? And so we had to say goodbye. It was hard. Mm. Um, yeah, sometimes you know you have to do cold turkey on that. That is uh, that is a tough uh, decision for anybody. That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so what do you see now as the the biggest challenges facing your clients uh, as they're now shifted or have shifted over to video? What do you see as the next uh, big challenge for them? Are are we going to be inundated with video? Is that is that now what's going to happen? Video is the future. Video is video is the present, and video is definitely the future. Now, video is the future for a bunch of different reasons. Number one, there is no better way to connect with another human being outside of being physically in their presence than video. No words on the page can do it. No audio can do it. No slideshow can do it. Mm. But I can sit here on video and look you dead in your eye, even though we're not together. And you can feel my heart. You can feel my reality. You can feel my sincerity as we sit here and communicate. And so video is absolutely 100% the future um, and the future of marketing at that. Mm. Okay. It's absolutely the future of marketing. Um, now, video is going to be changing. What do I mean by that? When we started, and so this is now 2020, late 2020, and we started talking to people about this, people started saying, okay, I remember the, the, the very first person, um, or one of the very first people to say this to me. Um, all right, so we're going to do video, and you guys are going to make it, be able to make it look like a Super Bowl commercial, right? <laughs> Like, well, number one, you don't have a Super Bowl commercial budget, so no. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But now the question, get this, now the question. So this was this was late 2020, right? Now, late 2022, the question that I get all the time is, so is it gonna look like a TikTok? Because that's what I want. There's a vast difference between a Super Bowl commercial and a TikTok video. Yes. But it speaks to the shift that has happened post-COVID and where the marketing machine needs to go. And that is people want real, Mm. want authenticity. And the TikTok video, even though they're becoming really good at being professionally unprofessional, that's the point of them. Okay. And I'm not saying that we're trying to create TikTok videos either. What we're trying to do is help you, the brand, be you on camera. Yeah. Well, I've been uh, so amazed uh, about how TikTok and, and Instagram Reels and then YouTube Shorts uh, have just exploded. Uh, you know, a friend of mine, he, he's been on there for a while now and and I, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of, uh, of downloads and views, it's mm-hmm. just, uh, it's really incredible. Mm-hmm. And how, how can you otherwise get that kind of exposure with the message that you want? And to your point about, about being authentic, that really does allow you, video does allow you to actually see the person. It's not just marketing speak. You're seeing the person to see what, you know, and look in their eyes to your point and be able to really see, uh, and get that, that not, all of those visual cues is, in terms of what they're saying and what they're showing and what they're talking about. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So um, do you see, so do you see regular YouTube uh, videos uh, that are longer than let's say 60 seconds or a couple of minutes? Do you see, see those continuing or do you see everything really getting down to the, you know, the 30 to 60 second uh, time size? Well, that's a really, really great question. Um, and one of the things that I learned early in business is when you're small and you don't have big budget, look to those who are big and have big budgets and are trying to do or answer the same questions that you are and figure out what they're doing. Because if they're doing it 
they didn't do it accidentally. They spent a lot of money to figure out or to believe that that's the right answer. Okay? So let me answer your question in this way. A little less than a month ago, YouTube released a new feature where a short video on YouTube now has a very highlighted button at the bottom of the video that you can click on that takes you to the long-form version of that video. Mm. So Google is telling us, Google is flat out telling us where they see the world going is that shorts will lead to someone wanting to consume more information from you. In other words, that shorts are going to help people move along your customer value journey. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, and that actually is an advantage, I guess, over TikTok. I don't know if uh, Instagram has that same capability, but uh, um, but that would be an advantage over both of those. Because as an as an advertiser, as a marketer, as a brand, we want them to engage longer and getting a 30 second or a 45 second engagement with a button to do several minutes or even a half an hour or whatever it happens to be, then uh, that is for the advertiser anyway, then, uh, you know, really a, a major brilliant. advantage. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to your point as well, if the consumer is on their value journey, then it's, uh, if they're very early in that, in that journey, then they, uh, you have the ability to take them to that first 30 seconds to get them to the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then to your Milgram's exper- experiment, mm-hmm. uh, that makes a, a whole lot of difference to be early on, to be that influencer, that educator, so that when they really get to that moment of truth, when they're about to buy, they can then, uh, you know, they, you will have a, you will be a preference uh, for them. So now let me take that plane that you're flying guy up here, right? Because I love where you're flying the plane. You know I love it, right? And so for anyone listening who is not as theoretical as Guy and I and need this plane landed, so let me let me land the plane for you. You all ready for this? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, let's land the plane. So here's what this looks like. So on your customer value journey, it starts off. There are eight stages on the customer value journey, but it starts off with awareness. Okay, then it goes to engagement and then to subscribe. Okay. We also call that people getting to know you, like you, and then trust you. Mm. Know you, like you, and then trust you. Another way of looking at it. Okay. Those are the first three stages of your customer value journey. At the subscribe stage is where they come to your website and give you a piece of information that you can communicate back and forth with them. Email address, a phone number. They sign up for something. Okay, so follow me for a moment. As I land this plane, they see a YouTube short because they're on YouTube and shorts are just scrolling through. They see a YouTube short. Ooh, what's this? They consumed 30 seconds. They got, they were aware. Aware. Okay. Then they click either in the description or the big button down below and they go to the full video. Now they're watching your full 15, 10 minutes, 6 minutes, whatever it is, longer than 30 seconds, minute, right? They're watching your full video. They watch that full video. They're engaging. They went from knowing you. Now they're beginning to like you. As they're beginning to like you and they're watching this video, in the video, if you follow our process, there's always a call to action. And they you tell them, hey, I've got a link down below of a guide or a cheat sheet or something that you can go get that will help you. And they click that link and they go to your website. They go to your website, they put in their name, their email address, and they hit submit. They've just subscribed. They've Mm -hmm. just gone from no, like, to trust. That's how it works. Yeah, I I like that. And, uh, and you see that, uh, you know, all over the place and, and uh, that no like trust is uh, is 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 critical. Um, I could talk to you for hours, uh, and uh, so so we're thirty second to our hour now. And then, but uh, anyway, uh, we're going to have to close. But is there anything that uh, we haven't mentioned that you want to uh, mention before we close out? Here's the deal. 
video is here. It's here to stay. And you have a major opportunity right now. Because YouTube earlier this year published a study and get these numbers. YouTube has said that 91% of your competition does not have a YouTube channel right now. Hmm. 91% of your competition does not have a YouTube channel, which means they're not creating video. Which means even if you don't have a YouTube channel right now, you have an opportunity today to go start a channel, to go start creating video right now and get ahead of 91% of your competition. How else can you do that in your business? And do it so inexpensively. I don't know any other way. Now, exactly. If you need help with that, come talk to me. It, you can obviously go to clientattractionpros.com. If you want to come to me directly, meetatiba.com. That will take you to my LinkedIn page. Send me a, Connect with me. Send me a message on LinkedIn. I'm here to talk to you. Fantastic. No, and I like that. And, uh, yeah, and, I, and no question, uh, um, if you get an expert like yourself, it, it, it makes so much of a difference, uh, to get it right, get it done fast, and yeah. then beat that other 91% because, yeah. uh, you know, that being first in, in, in many areas can, it can be a game changer for a business. Absolutely. Especially something as big as this. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Well, Atiba, thank you uh, so much. Uh, I was so glad that we were able to set up this uh, podcast and spend Absolutely. some time chatting together and really uh, understanding what the what the whole market is doing. And then specifically as well, how you can take advantage of that in, in search, which is so critical for uh, that customer value journey. So uh, and you definitely helped to educate me, and I, I hope that uh, our audience will also like what you've talked about. So where you can learn more information about Atiba is uh, meetatiba.com. So I heard that one, and then yep. of course clientattractionpros.com, clientattractionpros.com for learning more about this incredible new opportunity for businesses of all sizes. So whether you're small, medium, or large. Search is where you want to be. Video is where you want to be. And, uh, and so, uh, clientattractionpros.com for, uh, for Atiba. Otherwise, please stay tuned for many other videos in this series of the backstory on marketing. Please visit marketingmachine.prorelevant.com and download the first chapter of my book and also, uh, learn about some other valuable excerpts from my book, The Post-COVID Marketing Machine. And also don't forget to sign up for more episodes. And if you like this episode, please give it uh, five stars and rate it for five stars. Thank you very much. Thanks, guy. And did y'all catch that? He just did. No like and trust with y'all. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.